to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. It's brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app and don't forget to use the promo code WMVP. You into sports gambling? You want to start being into sports gambling? I suggest DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I only have one, so for me it's DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Don't forget to use the promo code WMVP for everything that you need for the NBA, for baseball, for the NFL draft. There's prop bets on that. Check it out. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code WMVP. I am Jonathan Hood, and indeed, basketball is hood. As we record this on Monday afternoon, the 26th of April, we get closer and closer to the NBA playoffs. And the Bulls continue to be further and further away from trying to be a playoff team. What you heard was the highlight from NBC Sports Chicago as Adam Amin and Stacey King were in horror watching the Bulls lose against the Miami Heat on Saturday night, 106-101. to So the Bulls were down as much as 24 points, and they really did a nice job winning the third quarter. They had 38 points in the fourth, and not saying the Bulls would have won the game, but it put them in a position, right? Think about this. It's 61-41 at the half, but the Heat went frigid to start the second half, scoring only 22 points in the first 15 minutes after intermission. And then the Bulls got as close as a three-pointer from Denzel Valentine with seven minutes left to end what was a 21-7 spurt for the Bulls in the final quarter. Point is, though, is that the Bulls had an opportunity at the end to keep it closer, but Denzel Valentine's like YOLO, and he did whatever the F he wanted to do and put up like this jackknife three, something that Denzel Valentine I've seen hit before, but only in the G League. Remember, I used to be the voice of the Windy City Bulls uh, on SportstownChicago.com, and it was calling the games, right? And I saw Denzel Valentine put that shot up from from distance, like a Steph Curry shot. But again, it was in the G League against the Wisconsin Herd, the, the Milwaukee Bucks G League team. And so it's just kind of like, you know, a game in which the Bulls had a chance to at least come closer to the Heat on the road. And Denzel Valentine took the game into his own hands. And I'm just like, why? Why would he do that? 
And as you heard Stacey King saying, no, no, don't take that shot, because nobody has seen Denzel take that shot on a regular basis. So why, right? So the positives in the game without Zach Levine, Kobe White did his thing was 31 points, five assists, and five rebounds. He's part of the starters now because Levine is out. Vucevic with 26 points and 14 rebounds. That's a positive. But once again, you're looking for the offense from Patrick Williams, who scored four points and four rebounds. Temple didn't give you much, not much off the bench. Marketing was in there for 21 minutes, nine points, five rebounds. But once again, whether Levine is with the team or not, this team is in dire need of a couple of things, a lead guard and more scoring. So the Bulls will play Miami again uh, on the road. And as we take a look at the standings coming into Monday night's games, the Bulls are trying to get into that play-in game. And as I see the Eastern Conference, because the Bulls have played so scattershot and just not going in the right direction at 3-7 and in their last 10, they're below the cut line. Washington has played a lot better. The Wizards with Russell Westbrook and company and Bradley Beal have won eight straight. They're one of the hot teams in the NBA at 27 and 33. They've won eight in a row. The Knicks have won nine in a row. So the top 10, Brooklyn Sixers, Bucks, Knicks, Hawks, top five. Celtics at six. Then the Heat at seven, Hornets. Pacers and then the Wizards at 10 and now it's the Bulls and the Raptors probably going to be fighting to try to get that extra play-in spot um, with the Wizards uh, and the Pacers and so it just who knows it, it to me the Bulls are just not going in the right direction and in dire need of help some thoughts from Billy Donovan aging like a president the head coach for the Bulls about Denzel Valentine taking that 30-foot shot uh, late in the game when you really didn't need it. I mean, that was brutal. Overall. Well, I was upset, Casey, because I called timeout before the shot ever went up. And I wasn't granted timeout. And they said that he was in the act of shooting. And when I yelled timeout, he wasn't in the act of shooting. Unfortunately, he got a mask on. It's hard. So I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to it just because the way the, the, way the floor was balanced coming down in transition, I just didn't like the way we were set up. And I thought, you know, we had two timeouts left and would have liked to have used one there. Uh, but obviously, you know, it, it was a deep shot and probably was not a great shot. But I also thought that uh, I didn't check with Denzel. I hope, I hope it wasn't like he shot it because he thought I called timeout and he was just letting one go. I don't think that was the case, but I hope it wasn't because that's, that's I was trying to call timeout. So I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to the, uh, you know, the shot at that point in time. I was more upset with the official. Got it. And, and not trying to get in trouble here, but did you, did you ask for an explanation? Yeah, they, they say just... yeah, they told me that that that, that, uh, that he was in the act of shooting, and I, you know, I'll look at the film. I disagree with that, but that's what was said. So obviously, it's, it's their judgment on it. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I can't do anything about it. They, they've got to make that judgment. Um, but I think you know, it's, when the coach calls timeout, and you're sitting there watching a player dribble up, and then you're, in my opinion, watching to see what they may or may not do. Like right when. Um, I pulled time out. It was should blown, in my opinion. But again, I would I did not have uh, a good enough angle, in all honesty, to, to see if he really was in the act of shooting. And I could be wrong. And if I am, I'll after looking at the film, I'll say that. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> Billy Donovan. 
glove and didn't see the shot. The whole world saw the shot. How did he not see the shot? And if there was a whistle blown, you see players all the time take that shot, no matter if it's a timeout or if there's a dead ball situation. But that was just a YOLO shot by Valentine. He did not give, didn't care. Couldn't care less about what was going on. He was just putting up a shot, not even in his repertoire. So we'll see what happens Monday night. The Bulls are a six-point underdog on DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. The over-under is 206. Uh, And once again, the Heat, who have not been very good this year, they've been good in spurts, but they have let go of the rope sometimes defensively. I would say that um, this would be a layoff game for me. If I'm going to bet anything, I'll probably look at the first half or second half of this game. But the Bulls are going to lose this game straight up. Uh, At least I feel like they will. Uh, On the money line, I probably would take the heat. So we'll see what happens with this one. Coming up, I'm going to give you my top 10. Top 10 players of all time. And the reason why is because it's interesting how... People look at Steph Curry as a player in the NBA. So I'm going to give you my top 10 all-time and my top 10 players I've seen in my lifetime. That's coming up in our Under the Hood basketball podcast. But first, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Cliff Augustin is a good friend of mine. You know, the one thing about this podcast, I love to be able to uh, talk to some of my friends along with uh, some other my colleagues regarding what's going on in the NBA. Cliff Augustin worked for ESPN for a long time, ESPN Radio in Bristol. He's a huge 76ers fan. I want to talk to Cliff about a number of things, including his 76ers. They are coming off losing four straight and losing back-to-back games against the Milwaukee Bucks. So where are the Sixers? If the Nets are the best, where are the Sixers and where are the Bucks in the East? So uh, earlier on, I talked to my guy Cliff Augustin, and we went around the Eastern Conference. Um, 
Um, I, you know, Embiid obviously deserves. I, I think he's been, you know, quote unquote, the most valuable player in the NBA. You know, the Sixers are in a fight for first in the East, and every time he steps on the court, and he doesn't put up a dud of a game. Like it seems like he's putting up thirty and you know twelve every single night, mm-hmm. making everybody better. I, me personally, in my most biased opinion, I would definitely pick, I would definitely pick Embiid over Jokic. But I understand if Jokic will get it over Embiid due to the amount of games played, due to having his team being pretty good in the West, in a highly competitive West this year. Um, and just, I think I don't think he shut out a game yet this year, so that's incredible. I think I think the writers will give it to Jokic. Yeah, I uh, not, not just writers and media overall. We'll just give it to Jokic. Yeah, I mean, look. Well, I oh, I'll put it to you this way: nothing against Jokic. I mean, he. I mean, Denver's been a terrific story. I just take a look at Embiid, and for a guy that was often injured, couldn't stay on the floor. Here's a guy here that gave you some spurts of great games. His best game was against the Bulls. That 50 point game was tre- was tremendous. So. I, the bigs are back, and that did, that kind of goes into a different conversation, Cliff, as far as where the game is going. I mean, you have Jokic, and you've got you've got Embiid. You almost turn the clock back. You, you know, you could throw Giannis in there as well. Bigs are starting to run this in some teams. It seems like it's working well. Yes, absolutely. It's not even just like bigs. It's like you know, like the whole point guard thing is basically being like your best player is essentially playing point guard. Like, look at Zion. Like how he plays point guard. Look at how Tatum brings the ball up a lot for the Celtics. Look at how, um, like, well, obviously you have CP3 who's just a better, you know, overall point guard. But there's, you see more of it, right? Like how the game is really transitioning into kind of positionless basketball just because everybody can shoot and spread the floor. I, lo- I love it, man. I, I Listen, I'm locked in every single night to see, like, the, the, the difference in the ways that teams approach how to use their, not just their bigs, but, like, their guards and how, their best player is essentially just playing point guard and bringing the ball up each and every time. Kind of like Brent Randall, Joyce Randall, great example, right? Yes. He plays a lot of point guard for the Knicks, um, who's you know on a crazy win streak right now. Um, but he's their best player bringing the ball up and controlling the offense. I love it. I think it's worked out well for most of the teams that kind of play it. It's just, you know, obviously the Pelicans aren't really that good of a team overall, but I think it's worked out in their favor. And obviously it's worked out for the Knicks with Joyce Randall handling the point. And kind of and and taking that attention away from guys like RJ Barrett, guys like Dean Rose, guys like you know Nerlens Noel, um, guys like Emmanuel Quickly. Like it, it, it helps the the the, the reserve, you know the role players kind of fall in line and gives them a better feel for the game once they touch the ball because then they're they're more likely going to be in better position to score on maybe like a switch or maybe like a you know an open shot. Rather than just a regular old point guard just bringing a ball up and kind of falling in line, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I know that you have, uh, I know that you have Knicks fans friends like I have, right? Mm-hmm. So after at the Knicks won their last game, I go to my DMs. Who's there? Malcolm Lee, Spike Lee's cousin, the yeah. filmmaker, yeah. right? Big Knicks fan, just like Spike is. New York's back. New York's back. I'm like, oh God, here we go. I mean, you just get a they, you, clip. You just give them a taste, and all of a sudden they're just hyped. It's amazing. Yes, yes, I love that. <laughs> Everything's good when the Knicks are good, right? Yeah, We've, we're finally seeing the Knicks like be, be back to that that New York, that gritty New York style. Yeah, I, I just want to see them kind of like rival up against somebody and kind of like build that rivalry back with somebody. Maybe he becomes the Nets and like have that inner city type of rivalry, or maybe you know the Bulls maybe come up next year, or maybe it becomes the Sixers in due time. Like who knows? But, but like the, if the Knicks just started like having beef with like one of those bigger name teams, or 
maybe like a star player in the NBA, I think that would even heighten that Knicks fandom even more, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, so what are your Knicks fans' friends saying? What are you getting on your end? RJ Barrett this, Julius Randle, MVP discussion that. Yeah. Knicks are back, you know, fourth place in the East, about to be third place in the East. We're coming for, in a couple of years, somebody's going to come over here and then we're going to really be on top. Like, I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of, like, future Knicks fandom. Like, a lot of hype, a lot of hypeness, you know, so just surrounding that. Just a lot of, like, excitement in general because they haven't felt this way since Mellow was It's just funny. That's yeah. that, that's just funny. I just I love it, I, I love it though. That you're right. So I, you know, so my thought on this past uh, series with the Sixers and the Milwaukee Bucks was like, okay, win one because you just know you see the top of the East Cliff. Like it's like you want to be able to at least one, win one and five serve for them, and you didn't win either one of those. Now, that, how do you look at the East because everyone's focused on the Nets, and I think that that's good. I've talked to. Former players, current players about this. There's something to be said about the talent and being able to come together when the time is right. And this team has been fractured all season. So how do you look at the top of the East? Is it, if I give you the Nets or the field, who do you like to win the East? The Nets, easily. I just, I don't think it really matters when it comes to just the caliber player that Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving is. Like, we've seen big threes before and we've seen them maybe fail in their early portions, but at the end of the day, they all kind of come together and still end up, you know, winning, right? Yeah. I just think that the talent, that, like, when people talk about, like, not having defense for the Nets, I'm like, do y'all not understand, like, how good Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden are on offense? Like, even if they lock in just a little bit on defense, they'll be fine. And plus, matchups, right? KD is a matchup nightmare for anybody. Because at this at, at one portion you can have your best defender on KD, but guess what? Who's covering James Harden and Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving might be the best one on one player in the NBA today. Every time I watch the Nets game and he goes one on one, whether he beats his defender by blowing by them or just making like the tough, difficult shot, he'll beat his man. Like Kyrie's shooting somewhere near like fifty eight percent from two this year, mm-hmm. like forty percent from three this year. He, I, I, in all honesty, look, this is the best I ever seen Kyrie Irving play when he plays. When, he, when Harden comes back, if he comes back fully healthy, that's going to be scary because Harden is the legitimately the best point guard in the NBA. So, so it's like, yeah. So, so, so if the Nets are the best, then how long, how long, uh, kind of wide open is the window for the Sixers to win? Because you look at that roster and you say, who wouldn't want to have Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel, you know, Seth Curry shooting from the outside? You got to get some some guys off the bench that are veterans. So how how open is the window then to win? I think the city would require the Sixers to add another piece, and then that window becomes even more open. Like, and I'm not just saying like some regular regular piece. It has to be, you know, somebody that's like all star caliber shooter can make um, can make a can get a bucket on his own. Like, it has to be that. It has to be someone that might be better than Simmons, um, just on the one on one level, and probably has some veterans advice Harris on the one on one level. There's too much talent on the next end. That all that everything just falls in line when all three of them play. Like for the Sixers, the problem is is you have Embiid who can go off any single night for like thirty five, right? Right. But then it's like, okay, who else is going to get that bucket when you truly need it? Is that is Tobias consistent enough? Uh, we know Ben Simmons can't do it. So it, it, it's it. You, we built the Sixers have built a team of shooting around Simmons and Embiid, which is a smart thing to do in the first place. But now with what the Nets did and acquiring Harden, that changed the game. So where the Sixers are going to have to add someone else probably 
if they lose to the Nets in the playoffs um, and, and, and get another body there in order to extend the window, or else you might get into a situation where a freshman superstar wants to leave town because they don't see the opportunity to win in Philadelphia. Well, I'm going to call you as we get uh, get to the playoffs because I just want to get your thoughts step-by-step step on how the Sixers team is going to fare. This will be interesting. The top of the East is intriguing, Cliff, so that's, that's why I wanted to reach out to you. Uh, listen, you can reach out to me anytime. When you shot me, I immediately said, when and where, and I was like, I, I got to hop on my guy. <laughs> well, thanks, Cliff, and uh, let's talk again when we get to the playoffs. No doubt, my guy, no doubt. Let's do it anytime, man. Good to hear from my guy, Cliff Augustin. Worked at ESPN Radio for a while and is a big-time Sixers fan, as you can hear, a big-time basketball fan. I love to just keep my friends on talking NBA from time to time, so good to hear from Cliff. And by the way, I asked him where does he place Steph Curry amongst the best um, in the NBA today. As a matter of fact, let me give you my list. First time ever on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. Let me give you my list. I'm actually going to give you two lists. That's coming up in a moment. But first, DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook for a reason. They offer nearly limitless ways to bet from live betting to prop betting. They ain't got it all. DraftKings, the official live betting spot to go. They got it all at DraftKings. So I want you to think about this. You can take advantage of a profit boost with baseball, right? A 50% boost on your winnings on any baseball bet placed. Taking advantage of this profit boost is easy. All you got to do is place a bet on any baseball game. And if that bet hits DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook, we'll give you a 50% boost. Head to the top-rated DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app now and claim your 50% profit boost. Place any baseball bet, and if that bet wins, DraftKings will boost your winnings by an additional 50%. For a limited time only with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Illinois only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. All right. As I mentioned, I talked to Cliff off the air about his top 10 and trying to figure out where he places Steph Curry amongst the best in his lifetime, right? So I decided to make a list myself. I usually don't do this because these lists are so subjective. But I decided to make a list. So here are the best players to me in the game, the history of the game. I just threw 10 names on a sheet here. I said the best to ever play the game Michael Jordan, of course, he's the GOAT. Six championships in eight years. Could have continued to play maybe eight championships in eight years. Who knows? So Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. By the way, ask Kendall Gill, my friend from NBC Sports Chicago, Chicago's own, who does analysis for the Bulls. Ask him his thoughts on Kareem. He believes Kareem is the best player ever in the history of the game. It's an intriguing argument that he makes High school, college, pro, Kareem had a shot that no one could stop the skyhook. He definitely is in my top 10 all time. Bill Russell, 
the greatest champion the NBA has ever seen. 11 championships as a player, two as a head coach, 13 championships for Bill Russell. Wilt Chamberlain is on my list. Magic Johnson, who was a center, 6'9", played center as a rookie in the NBA. Uh, changed the game himself as someone that was kind of a point forward the way he played the game with the Lakers early in his career. LeBron James is one of the all-time greats. Uh, you take a look at those numbers, look how many championships he's won over different teams with the Cavs and with the Lakers, with the Miami Heat. Uh, LeBron is one of the all-time greats that we've ever seen play the game. Steph Curry is the best shooter I've ever seen. Here's the thing when it comes to Steph Curry. If the object of the game is to put the ball in the hoop, to put the ball in the hoop, Steph Curry is the best to ever do it. The best shooter I've ever seen. I don't care if it's off the bounce, whether it's standing still on his head from 30 feet, from 40 feet, from 50 feet, from 60 feet, from 70 feet. It does not matter. Steph Curry can knock down the three ball. You've never seen shooting like this anywhere on the floor. Steph Curry is that dude. Tim Duncan is the greatest power forward I've ever seen. Uh, five championships with the San Antonio Spurs and just was just the big fundamental because he was just solid. Every year he provided something special for the San Antonio Spurs. Kobe Bryant is one of my all-time favorites, and I think he belongs in this list as well. Five championships. And here's the conversation no one wants to have. LeBron versus the late Kobe Bryant. Everyone wants to do LeBron and Michael Jordan because that's the low-hanging fruit. That's the great barbershop conversation. But nobody wants to have the conversation of Kobe versus LeBron, which I find fascinating. Shaquille O'Neal, for sure, is on that list as well. Uh, changed the game as a big man. Uh, never seen that kind of power uh, the way Shaq did as he was a rookie with Orlando and moved his way through the NBA. One of the all-time greats. Um, so that's my all-time great list. The players I saw in my lifetime, this, the list is very similar. Michael Jordan's at the top. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I saw him play not in his prime, but toward the tail end. Again, the sky hook. The captain was quality for the uh, Los Angeles Lakers for so many years. So I saw those um, Laker teams in their prime as a kid, and Kareem was a big part of that. Um, Magic Johnson, one of the all-time greats. Kobe Bryant in my lifetime. Steph Curry, the greatest shooter I've ever seen. LeBron James is on that list. Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Akeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, the big ticket. The one year we saw him at Farragut High School in Chicagoland was stellar. I wish he was here for four years because if he was four years, I would could make the argument that KG would be one of the greatest high school players to ever put on a uh, public league uniform. He was only here for a year and it was great. Imagine if he was with Farragut for four years. Now we're knocking on the door of Isaiah Thomas and some of the other greats to play in high school basketball in the Chicagoland area. Uh, but that's my list. Iverson can be part of that. Larry Bird's part of that as far as great players I saw in my lifetime. But, you know, when I give you Michael, Kareem, Magic, Kobe, uh, Steph Curry, LeBron, Shaq, Olajuwon, uh, Duncan, KG, yeah, that's a pretty solid list. As you listen to this podcast, you're thinking, well, what about, and what about, and what about, I'm just telling you off the top of my head, those are the names that come to mind for me. And all-time greats, yeah, you can throw, make your own list, but, you know, Will Chamberlain, Russell, Kareem, uh, Shaq, 
especially back in the day, the bigs roamed the earth and the bigs were the big ticket item for the NBA teams. All the way almost to the like mid-80s where general managers is like, if you don't have a big man, you don't have a good basketball team. Well, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson changed all that. You didn't have to have some plotting center or talent center to be an NBA champion. And so that's how I look at it. I mean, there's been some all-time greats, but I just want to point out, Steph Curry belongs in that list. If it's about making buckets, dude's a bucket, a walking bucket every time he steps on the floor. So those are my top 10 all-time and my top 10 that I've seen in my lifetime uh, pretty solid. As we record this, we see the New York Knicks with a nine-game winning streak at 34-27. and They're the fourth seed, actually tied for the fourth seed in the East with the Atlanta Hawks. Charles Oakley was on NBA radio on Sirius XM talking about Julius Randle. Randle is the leader for this team offensively, the Knicks, and he makes an interesting comparison. It didn't just start in uh, New York. This guy did it with the Lakers. He did it with New Orleans. It's just... You know, certain teams pick certain guys they want to make the superstars of, or be a part of that main one, two guys. I mean, when, when L.A. was losing, he was, he was there, but he was getting numbers. In New Orleans, Zion Williams, you know, he, he, I think he's a, he a better version of Zion Williams because he thought he could do more. Zion Williams just, he's just the hype for the league. Yeah, he get his, you know, whatever thing to pay, high, real good, but then playing the playoffs, he's going to be just like the Greek freak. They're going to have a wall for you. But Julius, I said last year, they didn't have a superstar, you know. And now they got a superstar. I said earlier, yeah, congratulations to they got a superstar now. They got an all-star since Carmelo, and he showed it. He always, the left hand, they, they cannot stop him because he's got the one center in front of nobody. So once you make one move, basically, you can get some real real time. And that's what, you know, Zion Williams doing. He ain't doing nothing special. He just put them all down, guys. So they don't slide no more. They reach and then look behind like, oh, I thought I had help. And I know help. Keep in front of you with two, three, two, three, two, you have help. But when you let a guy get back to one two, you're dead. <laughs> Charles Oakley, he says that Zion Williams... Not even, he didn't even give him, didn't give him the last name. He didn't give him Williamson. Zion Williams. He says that uh, Julius Randle is a better version of Zion Williamson. Wow. That's that's big praise. I think that Julius Randle definitely is a lock for comeback player of the year. There's no doubt. But he talked about his days in New Orleans and other places. And and so Charles Oakley, a longtime NBA forward on NBA radio, says, now the Knicks have a superstar. Mm, they have a star. I don't know if they have a superstar. I don't agree with that, but they do have a star now in Julius Randle. And, of course, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, of course the Knicks are good because Tom Thibodeau is the head coach. Of course they are, are sound defensively. Of course they have an identity offensively because it's Tom Thibodeau. No surprise there. We were talking about the MVP race with Jokic or Embiid, but what about Chris Paul? Chris Paul is a really good name for this, right? So Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns uh, coming into today's show, 42-18. and 18. Uh, They've been on a little bit of a losing streak here, a couple of games here, but they're two games away from the Utah Jazz for the number one seed. I believe that the Jazz have locked that up, but the Suns can probably solidify themselves as the number two seed. But the point is, is that the Suns have been a really good story. Jason Richardson 
longtime player in the NBA, was on NBA Radio on Sirius XM, thinks that Chris Paul should be in the MVP conversation. You know what? I agree. I think, of course, he may be mentioned in the MVP race. Um, you know, you're not hearing much about fans, but they're second in the West, and they're playing really well. Um, you know, watching basketball, I know Aiden has a lot of talent with Devin Booker was. Uh, but Chris kind of came together and pulled them together, and he pulled them into a full piece. It was kind of piece here, piece here, piece there. And he was the glue uh, to keep that team together. And, you know, you've seen that last year, what he did with that team in Oklahoma City. Um, that wasn't even picked to make the playoffs. I think they were picked to finish dead last or something like that. And they had an amazing run last year. And, and now you see what he's doing this year with that team, being a leader, being a winner, um, getting those guys together, you know, keeping those guys accountable, teaching those guys how to be professionals. Uh, it's just amazing. And I think it's very disrespectful that he's not even in the talk of the MVP conversation. Uh, which he should be, and in, in, in my opinion, he's one of the top, you know, one or two players that should win that award this year. And all of those State Farm commercials, and you can't give Chris Paul an MVP vote. Actually, you know what? Jason Richardson is right. He sh- should be in the running. Think about how Chris Paul solidified the Oklahoma City Thunder comes to the Suns, and they're a much better basketball team. So I think Jay Rich is right. And one more thing. It is Knicks related, but it's also DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook related. Ready for this? So the Knicks have been cashing out in their games against the Grizzlies plus 105, the Raptors minus 160, the Lakers minus 115, the Pelicans plus 115, the Mavs plus 230, the Pelicans plus 105. Hornets minus 200, the Hawks plus 100, and minus 100 against the Raptors. If you put $1,000 on each Knicks game during their nine-game winning streak, you would profit $9,453.70. It's <laughs> crazy, right? They've been cashing out. When you go with the Knicks, you win money. Consider that at DraftKings and Casino Queen Sportsbook, $9,400 if you just would have been rolling with the Knicks in those games I just mentioned that they played. Oh, I just read for you the last nine games. Yeah, take a look at that Knicks team. I mean, it can't last forever, but check your matchups at DraftKings and use the promo code WMVP. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Wow. Well, thanks so much for checking out the... Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I love talking the NBA because basketball is hood. Can't wait to see what this week of basketball is going to bring. If you're in Chicago, you see that the Bulls are struggling under the cut line. They're not even a top 10 team. They're number 11. In the West, it's interesting to watch the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry, who I think should get MVP votes, he probably won't win it. But the Warriors are the 10th best team in the West coming into today's taping. And uh, we know the top eight, Jazz, Suns, Clippers, Nuggets, Lakers, Mavericks, the Blazers at seven, Grizzlies at eight now. The fight between the Spurs, the Warriors, and maybe the Pelicans, who are the 11th seed. We'll see what happens there. I just think it's intriguing. Keep your eyes on the Lakers, though. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about them today, but the Lakers, uh, the three-game losing streak, they're in, fifth, in the fifth spot, and they're just trying to hold on. I just saw a video earlier today of LeBron James working out, trying to work his way back. Um, 
when the Lakers are healthy with Anthony Davis and LeBron along with their group, will they be ready to answer the bell against the Suns and the Jazz and the Clippers and the Denver Nuggets? Nuggets used to be one of the top teams in top two. Uh, they're the number four seed. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that down the stretch is going to be really interesting to watch. Continue to check out the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you never miss an episode of the Underhood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook.